Welcome to episode six of Bored and Nerdy. My name is Corey Munoz, and I'm here today with my brother, Transformers nerd Christopher. Today I'm excited. We're going to be talking about Transformers Earthrise on Netflix. Spoiler-free moment, just for those people that are wondering if they're going to watch it or not. How do you feel about Earthrise? Honestly, if you've seen the first season, it's more more of the same. So I would really summarize it in, if you liked what you saw in uh, in Siege, you'll like this. And likewise, if you didn't like Siege, you're probably not going to find anything different here. I'd say that is fair, but I personally enjoyed season, uh, well, I guess it's not season. I enjoyed Earthrise more than I enjoyed Siege. Earthrise did a lot of things better, but I completely agree with what you're saying. You have your Transformers doing Transformery things, and so if Siege bothered you a lot, Earthrise isn't likely to win you over unless it reveals that character that you've been dying to see. I don't know if this is a spoiler or not, but I saw a lot less middles. A lot less spongy, flexy robot middles in this one. That might be a spoiler. Some people probably watched the show just to see if they still did that. <laughs> but but we're jumping ahead of ourselves here. Yeah, it's weird that it's not really season two. For some reason, they're not season one and two at all. They're not. They're completely separated in the Netflix uh, TV show archive. So you have Transformers War for Cybertron trilogy siege and then you have transformers war for cybertron trilogy earthrise and if you go into them they're completely separated so it's a make your own adventure you just get to choose whichever one you want to go first right it'll make sense but they are chronologically in order so you're going to be super confused without the other one (laughs) right that's so weird i don't know why they did it part of me tried to justify it that it would get them more viewers if they have the Transformers icon up twice. Or maybe they realized that Siege wasn't going to grab as many eyes or toys, you know, need to see Earthrise in the queue to get excited. I don't know what it is, but as a sophisticated individual of many hours of netflix time wasting i gotta say i'm very accustomed to my shows being grouped you know season one season two season three and being able to just watch it if you watched season one completely i don't even know if it would automatically start playing earthrise Uh, yeah that'd be curious to check out I would hope it does, because that's going to miss out on a lot of people. Maybe it just simply boils down to is they couldn't decide, like, what to name it. They're like, no, we don't want it to be called War for Cybertron for whatever reason. We want it to be called Siege for whatever reason. Yeah, that's when you name Season 1 Siege. So instead of Season 1, it says Season 1 Siege. Oh, yeah, you type it there. Wow. Wow. Hmm, They could have used us. (laughs) I'm amazing. And to prove how amazing I am, I knew the release date of Earthrise. I was very excited about it for months, and then I missed it. So the next day, I went to watch Transformers, 
and I couldn't find it. I went to Siege. I scrolled through the episodes. It wasn't there. So I, I Googled it. Uh, when does Earthrise air? And it's like, yesterday. Oh, cool. Cool, 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 cool. And so I went back to Siege, and I ended up watching the Earthrise extended trailer, which is really long. I feel like I spoiled a handful of things for Earthrise for myself, considering, you know, it's only six episodes and I'm totally going to watch it pretty fast. And so I watched this trailer, backed out of it, and randomly saw another Transformers icon. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what this is. Click on it. Hey, it's Earthrise. Episode one. Watching it now. I had kind of a similar experience where I, I was like, it's got to be here. This is the premiere day. And I, it, season two is still not on there. And then I just typed in Earthrise and it popped up. They're just trying to make us think. Or make us type, apparently. I, I need to use my words. Any other spoiler-free thoughts that you have before we go into spoiler territory? There's really not much to discuss. I feel like anything I would want to say I said in the Siege episode. Because you're absolutely right. There is a lot of familiar ground here and a lot of netflix animated shows are like that they spend a lot of time building the first season so they know how to make the show and then they just move on they don't really adjust much your animation's going to be very similar your art's not going to change your voice actors aren't going to change and so you end up with the ability to pump out the next few seasons faster. And I think that's why we saw Earth rise as quickly as we did, is because they have their system down. And I have to say, I didn't get bothered by feet this time. <laughs> oh, really? I was wondering, because, like, I, I got to be honest, I, I can't, I don't, I don't get the foot thing, man. I don't get it. You just watch Ultra Magnus walk. <laughs> go, go back to season one and watch Ultra Magnus walk. Like seriously, just hit that scene on repeat. And <laughs> yeah, right now, pause the podcast. Go do it. Okay. Come back angry. Uh, <laughs> but really, the only characters that I really see awkwardness with are the ones that aren't based on toy models. Okay. Yeah. You know, like Bumblebee in uh, season one, uh, Siege, they took some liberties. And so he stands out compared to some of the other characters. I thought it was really interesting that Bugbite, who's a repaint of Bumblebee, instead of making him a CAD file of the toy like everybody else, they decided to repaint their CG model of Bumblebee into Bugbite, which is a way to do it. It's just not the way I expected. I imagine it's the cheaper way to do it. It's the cheaper way to do it. Gonna save them from... Why haven't you updated Bumblebee to be the toy? I kind of expected them to. I would have been okay with it. You know, like... In a world where Michael Bay can have a car drive on its two wheels to scan vehicles, Bumblebee can transform into a slightly different looking bumblebee definitely definitely i think uh the common lore is just they look for objects with similar mass and they're like okay this is close to my dimensions and then they snag it i am upset we don't have like a refrigerator then 
You never know. They're robots in disguise. And on that right. note, I think we should go Spoilers. Spoiler warning. <laughs> yeah, spoilers, guys. We're going to talk about everything now. So, you know, if you want to watch Earthrise, you should go do that. And if you don't, for whatever reason, you should go listen to our previous podcast. What episode was that? Was it like four? I think it was four. No, it was episode two, because we started with uh, Transformers cards and then Transformers cartoon and that's why we went into other things because we realized with two transformers episodes in a row we might become labeled as just a transformers podcast and we're still in danger of that because this is episode six so half of our episodes are (laughs) i claim full responsibility when you make a podcast with a guy who wants to be introduced as Transformers nerd Christopher, you end up with a bias. But I feel like maybe if I want some more Star Wars uh, episodes, I might need to become Star Wars nerd Corey. Is it is it too early to tell people what the next what the next episode of Born Nerdy is going to be? It's totally too early to foreshadow that. So only the Let's smartest people ever will know that while we're doing <laughs> season two of an episode that we already covered, we are maybe talking about another episode of other things. Yeah, if, if you if you're on to what we're talking about here, pat yourself on the back because you are super smart. SMRT as Homer would say. <laughs> our previous critique in our in our last. In our last podcast about uh, the Netflix Transformers show, we critiqued about the weird torso middles. We critiqued about uh, the opening being kind of lame, like the opening animation. Uh, We talked about the transformations not being on screen, really. We talked about the chain of command constantly getting questioned by subordinates. Uh, And we talked about... uh, wishing that there was flashbacks of any sort. And so I feel like those things all got addressed. Was there anything else you can remember that did I get them all? Another thing that we complained about a little bit was the uncertainty of Prime's character arc. It we couldn't really tell if it was in the beginning, okay. the middle or the end and cuz Prime is awkward and a lot of that did come from the questioning of leadership and I feel like Prime was treated much better in this season. Yeah, by his crew. I think that really, I think really what it was is by splitting up Prime and Alita, it works better. And I don't know if it was just the way it was written or if it's how the showrunners, how the folks making the show dodged with it. Acknowledging the faults in in several dialogue scenes goes a long way. Like there's a, uh, there's a scene where Jetfire goes up to Alita and says, hey, I didn't want to question you in front of the troops. I want to talk to you about something. Which is something that we were begging for in the first season with Alita and Prime. And what I thought they did was super brilliant along those lines is later there's a scene with Megatron and Alita where Megatron's basically saying something of the gist of like, we've known each other a long time and you aren't a subordinate. Like you're supposed to be a leader. And so I thought that was kind of a brilliant way to make the shenanigans in season one acceptable. I would agree with that. That Megatron scene was wonderful. Yeah, more of that, please. 
So I agree. I think that uh, the leadership appreciation and questioning was handled much better this season. And you see it a little more often than just the Jetfire and Alita or the Alita and Megatron. It's not all Alita-based. We see it later in the show with Bumblebee when he apologizes to Ironhide because Bumblebee, in the heat of this moment of chaos, takes over at a leadership position on the deck of the Ark. And he's calling shots, telling people what to do, bossing around Autobots. And then after it kind of settles down, he says, Ironhide, I I apologize. This is your chair. And Ironhide kind of gives him the nod of, don't worry, dude, you handled it well. But I thought that was really cool that they allowed Bumblebee to recognize that he overstepped. They still had him overstep, but he recognized. I really dug that moment. It was a very Star Trek moment to me. I would agree, but that might just be because they were on a bridge. I think that it's because they were on a bridge doing bridge things. Yeah, it was a very... <laughs> what are comms status? Really... <laughs> What's weapon status? How are the shields? <laughs> it just really highlighted to me that Transformers and Space Opera would go together perfectly. Oh, definitely. In like the cinema. Which uh, we might be getting with the Beast Wars movies supposedly being space-centered with no humans. Fingers crossed, fingers crossed. Please that let it happen. That's space to me. I'm going to join Please you on the finger cross. The, uh, <laughs> I'll watch it. I'll pay to see it. I'm going to pay to see it, too. So they jazzed up the opening. I skipped it every single time and didn't notice because I was still holding a grudge from the first one. Do I need to go and... Uh, apologize for that and rewatch it no no not at all it's nothing that amazing it's just they they're like oh yeah you didn't like the opening so it's the same thing but with more colors and defined objects that are colorful and that's pretty much it maybe a little more cybertronian writing uh but there's still cybertronian writing yeah yeah it's just really you could tell what was going on it's like oh that's a spaceship oh and that's a spaceship too same horrible song yeah yeah or very similar boo Big boo. Uh, Last authority moment that I really liked was you have one scene where the Autobots are getting ready to raid a Decepticon uh, holding encampment for prisoners. And Alita has this moment where she questions. You don't really see doubt with Alita. And she says, should we be doing this? Basically, I'm not quoting her here. And Chromia pops off with, it's your job to make tough choices. My job is to shoot when you say shoot. And then Alita says shoot. We get some cool action. But I really liked that Chromia basically put her in her place. Hey, stop trying to make me play your guilt leader cards here. You you do it. I, I I have a gun and I never miss. Yeah, that was pretty badass, too. Uh, anything, really, where you can give Chromia some more screen time, please. She got she got a bit more this season, though. Just a bit. Yeah, I thought Chromia was handled pretty well for being a side character. Definitely. I think uh, in the early part of the season, Red Alert really stole the show for me. I just, I found him very endearing, and I think it was just because he dropped that joke about always being alert. I was like, oh, you're my buddy now. All right, Red Alert. Red Alert's my guy. 
And it was what three lines after he said, I'm so glad we have someone who can fly. Yeah. Yeah. He got all the great lines. That was a good red alert episode. And he got to do some weird, like flanking drive up behind somebody and drop bombs on. It was a good red alert episode. I didn't realize until talking to to my wife about this season, they really had Jetfire take kind of a back seat. And uh, I think it might be because he kind of stole the show in the first season. Oh, he absolutely did. He was basically the Superman of it. He was better than Prime at everything. So they're like, guys, we got to do everything we can to not have Jetfire in it much. Maybe, maybe have him fighting Decepticons and he can be conflicted about it. Yeah, do that. I did like that Jetfire, while he did criticize Alita's choices, he also complimented her with good idea keeping me up there waiting for Seekers. Like, he did recognize that she has a strategic mind. Yeah, and, and he followed her plans, too. No, I, I noticed that as well. I, I really enjoyed that as well. It was very Dinobot of him. I can totally see it. Him being twice their size also helps. Twice the foreshadowing. But he didn't just carry the show with his lightsaber wrist. Whereas season one, I feel like that was the solution to everything. I'll cut it in half. Yeah, they even gave uh, Lita One a lightsaber wrist in this season for like a scene. Which I feel like she could have benefited from in a different scene. Yeah, they just decided that she needed one and then they forgot about it later. Oh, they lost that part. Yeah, she had to change out hands. <laughs> yeah, they, they left that one at home. Red Alert needed it to repair another person. <laughs> So uh, one other thing that we mentioned was transformations on the note of changing out hands. Might as well mention that one. Well, you already mentioned it, but we see a lot more people, trans people, transformers, <laughs> they themselves people, uh, trans people to me on screen, which I really like, you know, seeing them twist around and do weird. How did that actually work? I like that. And so not only do we get the fun sounds, but we also get to see them transform more. And I feel like that adds a lot to the Transformers world. Unfortunately, we still have an issue where they, being Netflix, insist on treating the Transformers as humanoids. They love having them as people on screen you really don't see people other than uh the seekers communicating while they're in alt mode you really don't see anybody turning into alt mode and then turning back into robot mode when the situation calls for it they're very dedicated to i am in alt mode i am in bot mode and the scene that particularly jumps out to me is when they are on the space bridge and they're trying to hide in the cargo closet from uh scorponok we said we're doing spoilers so big name drop woo scorponok uh we have that awkward slow-mo run take my hand with Bumblebee as he's running to get through this door. It's like, dude, you are a car. Transform and drive through it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So one thing about the transformations that I loved, so they showed a lot more on-screen transformations this time, and they actually 
they added steps because a lot of these figures uh, or a lot of these characters are based on figures like they're the actual CAD files. So they're exactly like the toy. So not only do they transform like the toy, like they move along those hinges and everything, but they added in extra stuff like Megatron transforms. And it's just like that toy, like his tank treads go up on his back and everything. But then in front of his torso, it like it expands, shifts and like parts are folding out and stuff that's not on the toy. Very cool way to spice it up. Uh, I really enjoyed that little touch of detail. So they can release another toy line where it's going to be like Siege 2.0 with slightly enhanced toys. Well, it's kind of how the Bayverse designs ended up how they were. Is it's, it's more fun to watch transformations on screen like that. So I think they found a nice way to, to use the toy CAD files a la Beast Wars from our childhood but uh, spice it up a little bit for visuals. So other thing that we really complained about, I think I complained about it the most, was the history of the Transformers world. As we addressed in the previous episode, Transformers as a franchise is notorious for continuity issues and everything kind of doing its own thing. So you can't just say, Oh yeah, this one thing is canon. That doesn't really exist with Transformers. And so we got some more insight. We got to see Alpha Trion, Megatron, Ultra Magnus, and Optimus Prime being together. It was very short, but we got to see it. And I got to say that glimpse did a lot for me. And we got to learn the Quintessons are the creators and the Transformers did fight against them and that there is some struggle and discontent and hatred between them. And I think that that's really cool that we officially were told about it. They definitely mentioned that the Quintessons had some kind of hand in it. But I, I don't know if, if it's totally solid that they created them or just enslaved the Cybertronian race. But they definitely they definitely were oppressors of the Cybertronians. That much they definitely confirmed. Pretty sure Decius flat out called himself their creator. But, you know... You never know. If, if yeah. you're willing to cut off most of your faces to get your way, I'm pretty sure he wouldn't be above lying. That was super disturbing. <laughs> like, I, it was horrifying to watch that sequence where he's chopping his different faces off while they argue with him. Uh, super dark. Like, that might be the darkest it's gotten. Yeah. And the fact that we actually get to see, like, blood this season, whether it's the weird goop on the Quintesson where the faces have been sawed off with an energy blade. Or when you have Megatron's pink goop kind of splurting out of his chest. Oh, yeah, the pink goop. I forgot about the pink goop. He's a soft serve ice cream robot. Yeah. And actually, you know what? We've just been saying he, 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 he. But I actually don't know what uh, Quintessons do gender pronoun style because there's definitely some of their faces have a more masculine voice versus feminine voice and the face that ultimately ends up being primary has the feminine voice you know i just assume since it's a floating egg that it eventually hatches i don't know 
That's fair, but you know what? I was hoping Transformers nerd Chris would be able to uh, shed some light on that one. But apparently, that's all I got, man. <laughs> it's it's beyond you. Okay, good to know. Good to know. It's a weird egg thing with faces on all sides, writing on a laser beam. There's not much sense you can make out of that. That's fair. I do think the Quintetons <laughs> look very silly, and I was fairly giddy to see them do something other than float. Like apparently they can take over your body and like puppet talk through you. I thought that was kind of uh, Independence Day. Dude, that's exactly where my mind went. <laughs> that's I'm probably where the writer got the idea. It better be, because it was spot on. Like, tentacle and everything. So one thing that we criticized the first season about that they did not address is the Shatnering. In fact, they doubled down on the Shatnering, and every line is delivered like this. I think the worst one for me was between Megatron and Optimus, where Megatron says, I built a ship. And Optimus says, you built a ship? And then Megatron <laughs> says, I had bots that built it. And it's just this like really intense... Megatron might be dying. Prime and Megatron might be becoming friends again. And they have this back and forth that made me feel like I was reading a children's book to my daughter. Yeah, that whole uh, bit of dialogue was really stilted. Because then he's like, what happened to the bots? Like, that that doesn't make any sense. It's like, the mechanic got uh, fixed up my car. What happened to the mechanic? Like, you wouldn't ask that? <laughs> that doesn't make any damn sense. The shattering was bad. It was really yeah, bad. Yeah, it was, it was really bad. Like, they they easily doubled it, I would say. But I will say, after watching season one two or three times, and then watching season two twice now, I'm fairly numb to it, but it does leave me willing to check my phone. If I have to choose between Transformers that deliver lines like Shatner and not Transformers, I'm I'm going to pick the Shatner Transformers. Absolutely. My only issue with it, though, is like with as slow as they're talking, you don't need to be paying as much attention. And I feel like that while it ups their suspense drama, it ruins their intense drama. Especially on repeat watchings. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, yeah, I know where you're going. Get on with it. <laughs> So we've kind of darted around talking about different characters. One character that we haven't talked about at all is Double Dealer, who who makes an appearance in this show. Finally, he makes his War for Cybertron debut. And I gotta say, I was kind of underwhelmed by Double Dealer. Uh, nothing bad. Like, he was fine. He was... I really liked the idea of mercenaries. I really liked his ship, the Fortune. The Fortune, yeah. But I felt the character of Double Dealer was just kind of... I feel like he needed to uh, have a better villain moment. He played to his name in every single scene. And I feel like that is hard because if every single moment you need to betray or double cross people, there's really nothing that you can build on there. I feel like with as much screen time as he got, 
he deserved more. He was a great plot device. And I feel like that's all they did. They said, we need a plot device. And you know what? Let's just go full cliche with the name being like on the nose. I loved that his uh, squad had exhaust on it. It had bug bite on it. And he also had the cone heads on his team. He had a dirge and ramjet, except they were, they were tetrajet cone heads. Okay. So in the siege toy line, there's the tetrajet figure. I have like seven of them. I think there's eight that exist and I'm like, so done with them. But seeing those two cone heads as tetrajets figures on that show, come on Hasbro you could make two more I'll buy them and that's why they did it they're like hey let's get this guy (laughs) and they're like there's three cone heads so three more (laughs) but I really liked seeing them Uh, I'm very curious to see what goes on with the cone heads I thought it was pretty brilliant to make them the mercenary seekers because it helps differentiate them from Starscream and his seekers absolutely so I found that uh, in this in this season, Shockwave even becomes more tarantulous. He's the most tarantulous ever in this season. Absolutely. That guy was straight up creepy. He was like plotting against Megatron like, oh, well, we're going to shut off the sector. Like, oh, are you, I, Megatron, are you in the I'm going to shut off the sector. Are you still in there? Like, he, yeah, creepy. <laughs> Oops, I shut off the sector. My bad, Megatron. <laughs> Uh, no, he didn't end up doing that. But between the sector shutdowns, the deleting the emotion functions, and playing to his evil scientist, yeah, he was tarantulas. Definitely. And I always think that uh, Shockwave is a lot like tarantulas, so it was just even more like he he's definitely tarantulas. My biggest issue with him, though, was he tried to use a scalpel to intimidate Alita One on his like prisoner bed, and she tried to cut open a lock with it, but couldn't. So, what was he going to do with that knife if it can't cut metal? Is are those handcuffs like a, a stronger metal than Transformer skin metal? Yeah, maybe maybe it only cuts Transformium because it's made from Transformium. Oh, okay. So it's a cool scalpel. Maybe, uh, maybe. I don't know. I'm I'm just trying to justify their sloppy work. I appreciate the effort. <laughs> One thing that I didn't think was sloppy, though. In fact, I really liked this character moment where Megatron is in his office, I guess, and he's having this monologue with himself about the war, and he makes some comment about old friend, and I'm like, oh my god. This crazy tyrant has ultra magnus strung up he has his corpse strung up in his office and he's talking to him and we're going to get some kind of like ultra magnus revival in the season but then the camera pans and you see that it's just ultra magnus's decapitated head sitting on his desk which in all fairness we could still get that with the revived ultra magnus thing because it is just the armor helmet I was really expecting it to be, you know, white dyed Optimus and okay, okay, some okay. version of I've revived this version of you. I was the outsider on the 
name drop. I didn't catch it when they were talking about Project Nemesis being the ship. Like you said, you recognized. I was convinced Nemesis Prime. And so I thought they were going to do this twist where they turned Ultra Magnus into Nemesis. Oh, okay. That could have been sweet. And that that was going to be the thing. Like Megatron and Shockwave brought Ultra Magnus back to become the Prime Hunter. Because, you know, like in IDW comics, Ultra Magnus is some cool bounty hunter. And so combine those, you know, cool bounty hunter. What I was going to talk about next is Nemesis Prime and that they really teased it. And it was just like Dark Ray in Star Wars where they teased it and then did nothing with it. I, I was really disappointed with Nemesis Prime because I thought it was going to be something like he was going to be one of the villains or he was going to be like hunting them. Yeah, the idea you just pitched. I'd buy that. That sounds like a great idea. Maybe it'll be uh, season three, because now that Optimus doesn't have the Matrix, how quickly is he going to change? I'm very curious about that, too. And do we call him Optimus now, or do we call him Orion? Well, according to Megatron, we call him Orion, but I think that dude's (laughs) been getting a little nostalgic, you know, Ariel and Orion, he just isn't good with admitting that his friends grew up. Well, he didn't confirm for us if Dion got turned into Ultra Magnus or not. So what's with that? There you go. He should have said, you know, don't look at me like that, Dion. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just so we could all be like, (gasps) confirmed. (laughs) On the back of Scourge's packaging. On the toy, it, it's confirmed that he is made from Thundercracker. So the debate's over, guys. You don't need to worry if it was Bombshell or not. And those of you who haven't seen the 86 movie and are just in for the War for Cybertron, you're very confused. But that's okay, because we're moving on. I feel like that's going to be true for the season, though. If if you haven't seen that movie, a lot of this season is going... Well, not a lot, but some of the big aha moments in this would be yeah. less exciting. Well, I think that's kind of a brilliant thing about the way that they've written this season is because they managed to do what I feel that a lot of other franchises like Star Wars need to be able to do, where they where they're calling out to the fans like, hey, wink, we know that you know what we're talking about, the Nemesis thing. They're like Project Nemesis, and it's like wink, and then people like me are like, oh, that's their spaceship. But it doesn't need to necessarily mean that. Like uh, the Nebulans. Oh, we're, we're going to this place in Nebulan space. And, and me, being a Transformers fan, I'm like, Headmasters. But they don't go to the planet Nebulans or whatever. They don't go to the Headmaster planet. They, they just encounter a Headmaster character there. Like, that's a brilliant way to make the, the longtime fans feel included while still being able to do your own thing. And they didn't even confirm that Scorpnock is a headmaster. You know, we didn't see that part of it. And so they still have that gimmick that they can throw at us in another season. Or it can be that everlasting nerd trivia. I was super giddy seeing Scorpnock on screen. It was fun. It was awkward. Seeing, you know, him being bigger, but not colossally bigger and being terrible at fighting people like he just stands in front of him and waves his claws and doesn't really sting him. And he's insane. It was really fun. 
but the moment that he transforms and stands up out of the uh, exhaust shaft, I don't know what that was, you have this wonderful moment where he's walking after them. And I really wanted to call you and be like, hey, I need a picture of Optimus Prime Siege standing next to Scorponok so I can see if they shrunk him. I really liked the sequence as well. Like I mentioned a second ago, I, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, headmasters. And so I was very I felt very gratified to, to have that payoff. But I he did a lot of size weirdness where like in one shot, he'd be larger. And in another shot, he'd be somewhat smaller. Uh, the one sequence that highlights this to me is there's a scene where he's holding like Optimus Prime in his hand. Right. And then like in another sequence, just moments later, he's holding Ravage. And Ravage is tiny. He's Soundwave's chest. But if you look at that sequence, Ravage is, like, huge in his hand. There's definitely some size-shifting weirdness going on in that sequence that pretty much everybody seems to have noticed. And Ravage is the size of, uh, bigger than Scorponok's eye plate when he's scratching at him. Uh, which you can do. I don't care, but, like, you know, embrace it. Do it like Ant-Man. Have him shifting in size. That's fine but make it part of the character or something. So do you think Scorponok is gone for good? No, uh, because the character is too popular, and especially because they kept reiterating that he's the last Scorponok. So we'll see him again. I, I loved that whole setting, though. That weird space station that was like halfway through a Stargate. Beautiful. Fantastic sci-fi setting. And especially when they're inside the ship, and they go through the, like through the Stargate inside of the ship. There's this weird liquid metal curtain they walk through. And there's it's inside of a planet's atmosphere, and there's like this glorious jungle world. Awesome sci-fi. Uh, that was smiley happy times. That was wonderful. I thought that was really fun. I would love to see some actual planets that they get to explore rather than just Cybertron and Earth and spaceships. Right? I want Star Trek meets Transformers. Exactly. My issue with that portal that they walked through was Prime could still radio his crew through it. Yeah. But then in that Scorponok scene, when Megatron and Prime end up, you know, falling down into the chute, they couldn't radio anybody. So oh, yeah, okay. their transmitters can go like multiversal cosmic space jumping but they can't go through rubble. One big grievance I have with the story this time around is unfortunately with our dear friend Optimus Prime. Almost immediately in Earthrise, he's telling us that removing the Allspark from Cybertron was a mistake. And his quest is to undo it. And so Siege yes. ends with him, like, throwing it through the portal, 100% belief, I'm right, Alita, you're wrong. And then Earthrise starts, I've made a mistake, we need to undo what I did. It's like, dude, you haven't even officially gotten a report saying that Cybertron's worse. Right, yeah, just because the story knows that it's worse. Uh, that is one thing I have written down in my notes here, is that uh, season two is a retread of season one, but opposite. We got to the all spark to bring it back. But you spent the whole first season trying to get rid of the thing. 
Oh, I was wrong to have thrown it away. I should have, what, talked to Megatron about it? Please don't erase my Autobot race. And then Megatron and Prime duking it out in the most amazing way they always do. You know, things like, I'll kill you with my bare hands and Prime Megatron. One shot, you know, all their cool moments. Then this time, I think it's the first time I've seen it. I need you to tell me that you forgive me before I shoot you. I hated that. Yeah. The yeah. Megatron scene was cool where he said, I don't need your forgiveness. You know, like that part was cool. But Prime doing it just really ruined him as the Superman uh, badass warrior leader analog. You know, like there's that that was it was fine the first time I watched it because I was caught up in the moment. But on my second viewing, that scene just annoyed me. So it's, uh, uh, where's Primat in his arc? Well, he's a, he's a new leader and he's been fighting Megatron. And now the war has come to an end and the Decepticons have won and he's lost in space. And now he's lost the Matrix and he's nothing. Yeah, this is his Empire Strikes Back moment. It's he's as low as he can possibly go. So I'm really curious in Kingdom if we're going to get the Optimus Prime that we deserve. I'm curious how Kingdom's going to handle a lot of things, and I know we're going to talk about that in depth later. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, let's save that for the end. Yeah. I was so excited after I watched episode five. My wife was cooking in the kitchen. My baby was screaming in my face. And I was just standing in front of the TV holding her, being like, shh, this episode is good. Stop crying. I, I was the world's best father in that moment. But I was so <laughs> into it because they were finally giving me what I wanted. They were giving me details. Yes. It came through Skylinks, and he was this, like wise hermit prophet from the dead zone and it was just like the greatest thing ever because he's just got prime sitting in space while he's like so you need to master your mind to master the dead the universe, universe. Oh, the, dead <laughs> the dead zone is from dc <laughs> yeah 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 so, sorry i said superman but, like but it's like it's nope. like the same thing it's like the dead zone from dc but in transformers and they're gonna call it the dead universe like everywhere's got to have a dead something, right? It was awesome. No, I loved it. I loved the whole idea of like this place between spaces, this like alternate dimension that that Skylinks was banished to. I, I thought it was a brilliant way to work that character into the story somehow. I really appreciated what they did with Skylinks in one episode because that is all we get him for. We get the flashback. We get the current. But we see character development. We see growth. And I got to say, Skylinks in one episode of Earthrise had more character development than the entire cast of the Star Wars sequels. <laughs> harsh, but accurate. I think you mentioned to me the way that Skylinks' mouth moves. It's kind of like somebody was there with him just going, oh, blah, 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 like just talking, telling stories. That whole scene makes me think of playing with toys as a kid, where you have right. one toy in your left hand, one toy in your right hand. Maybe your friend or sibling has one, but you're just bouncing them up and down. I am Optimus Prime. I am <laughs> Skylinks. 
I am lost in the dead universe. Well, welcome to the dead universe. Allow me to teach you the ways of mind powers. Oh, cool. Let's get out of here, buddy. <laughs> right. <And> so they're <laughs> just awkwardly floating there. And so now whenever I watch this episode um, of Earthrise, I feel that again, but it's no longer limited to that episode. I was now picturing it <laughs> to a whole series and it fit like with the slow walking and the slow talking, I can 100% get behind a Lego movie version of this, where at the very end, it shows some little kid playing with his toys and being told that he has to go and like clean his room or something like that. <laughs> I can I can picture it and it, it fits so well because I mean that would also fit with the voice acting because imagine you're some like six-year-old trying to sound like some badass older dude you're like oh this is my deep voice my name's Megatron you know like, maybe maybe we just figured out the big reveal at the end of Kingdom is the like <laughs> the story device steps back <laughs> you know what I'd, I'd be okay with it <laughs> So my sad moment with Skylinks is the obvious one. He did the noble thing to prove that he has become worthy and he sacrifices himself for the Autobots. But it puts me in the same boat that I am with Scorponok, where it's, did we see him for the last time? Yeah, I agree. I had the same thought with Skylinks. I sure hope we see him again. One possibility is that his body burst into little sparks. And so what I'm predicting is we're going to have Skylinks as a force ghost within the Matrix so that he can continue being a mentor to Prime when he inevitably gets it back. But I don't know. I was really looking forward to seeing that awkward thing transform on screen. Absolutely. I, I could have gone with some more Skylinks. But I did like what they did with him. It it worked. And I really loved the introduction of the the dead universe or, or the the way that the the past and the future seem to seem to kind of collide there and how this weird like rip in space time they'd made by by exploding the gate had future Megatron as Galvatron coming back to meet with, with Megatron. I thought that was extremely well done. It was kinda like Prime had his little spirit buddy in Skylinks. And then Megatron had his demon spirit buddy in Galvatron. Which just shows that Megatron's devil on his shoulder has always been himself. Uh, so that's fun. Yeah, it's deep. <laughs> Which we did get uh, clarified in this continuity. Galvatron is a transformed Megatron because of Unicron. It's yes. keeping that version of him. Mm -hmm. But it kind of gave a nod to the comics where he jumped through time which is cool and we don't fully know if the time distortions are because of the dead universe or if other things are playing a role in there because as you said we had the rip we had galvatron we had all kinds of things but we also have the staff of solace that was able to open that up which is a cool nod to the other primes I think it looks like a hammer, but it's the staff of Solus. So Solus Prime and all that. And so that's kind of cool that we're getting a glimpse of the Primes and a glimpse of Unicron. That kind of builds what this universe is, because that's one of the least consistent things ever since they declared that Unicron wasn't 
a single entity in all universes. They, they allowed him the freedom. So now we have to kind of guess how this one's going to be set up. And the primes, I think, were the same. Where once upon a time, they were the same in every continuity. But then it was declared, nah, 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 that's too hard. And so we get to kind of see how they're building this uh, War for Cybertron version of all those characters. Yeah, well, they're taking the, the Beast Wars method. And it's like, hey, if you want your Transformers property to sell, you need to put the hooks into G1. If you can connect it to G1, folks will like it more. So the Golden Disc is a reference to Beast Wars at least. I don't know if it goes beyond that. The Golden Disc allowed Megatron to mess with timelines, as far as my memory goes. And yes. so... Is that how Galvatron was able to get into the dead universe? Is that how Galvatron got away from Unicron? Is that how Megatron and Optimus were able to go where they did back into time, potentially, or future of time? I don't know how that actually works with Beast Wars. I think it's the future. Yeah, Beast Wars is in the Transformers future, but in our past. Right, because Great Ants are <laughs> Which, it's not confusing if rat trap is in this i insist that he knows that rc is his great aunt yeah i hope they call back to that if they don't wasted opportunity of having rc on the arc i agree i agree but the golden disc is kind of a big deal because with the golden disc and the all spark being in play on presumably this future Earth something where the Transformers are all together. You have G1 meets Maximals and Predacons. Season three, you know, it's going to be some weird mashup of we need to get back to our time and we need to bring the AllSpark back. And if it is the future, that means that the Predacons and Maximals would know that Cybertron died because of removing the AllSpark. And then you'd have some weird, like, hey, we need to capture this AllSpark, and then you need to be able to get us back in time to be able to save Cybertron. It just becomes a very convoluted story. What, what I'm really hoping they do is I'm really hoping that they simply inject our characters, as they are right now, into the end of Beast Wars Season 1. And now we've created an alternate timeline where the Beast Wars characters are with the War for Cybertron characters on prehistoric Earth, we can have the whole kingdom show take place, and we can end it with them all being put in stasis underground for 65 million years, and we can do G1 again again. So how do you think they're going to handle the Autobots and Decepticons being on that Earth? when the Maximals and Predacons needed beast forms to survive the natural Energon? That's a great question. I, I, I don't know. Uh, that, that is a fantastic question. I didn't see any giant Energon crystals or giant Energon mountains or anything like that. Uh, in fact, the, the scenery was extremely lush. So does that mean we're going to have a Velociraptor chase down a slug bug? I sure hope so. So one one other thing I'm I'm really curious about with with Kingdom is I hope 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 they get the uh, Optimus Primal voice actor back 
to do Optimus Primal again. Fingers crossed. However, the the show is made by a company that's uh, intertwined with uh, the last production, which was the Titans Return production, and that was, uh, or I guess Power of the Primes was the latest one. Anyway, Machinima's Transformer series that came before this, and their Optimus Primal character was actually voiced by Ron Perlman. So I just hope that they go for the original Optimus Primal actor, though, for me. I think that that guy's going to say no as soon as they bring him in on a voice testing day where they like run through it. What are you going to sound like? And they're going to be like, no, 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 no. Slow it down. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hey, hey, slow it down. Okay, yep, yep. A little more Shatner. Well, that's just prime. Is it bad that I want to just end the podcast on that? Boom, done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, okay, that's a fair point. That's not going to jive, man. That's not going to jive at all. How are they going to do that? They've so committed to their Shatner lines. How are they going to do regular lines now? Or is it going to be the greatest thing ever where you have the Maximals and Predacons trying to have a conversation with the G1 guys? So imagine Cheetor on screen being like, hey, Prime, blah, 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 blah. I'm going to run really fast. And hey, I'm super fast. And I'm going to do this other thing that's really... And the Optimus is going to be like, I am lost. It's like, I am exhausted by you. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so curious to see how they handle those characters mixing together. It's going to be very curious. I, I've I have high hopes, and I think part of why I want it to be jumping straight into Beast Wars is just because I would love to see the Beast Wars characters that I know, remember, and love in like glorious 2021 CG. One thing that I really want to see if we're actually getting Beast Wars characters on screen with G1 characters, I want Megatron and Megatron to be standing on screen together and I am Megatron. And then Beast Wars 1 be like, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They need to get the Megatron voice actor back then. Or is that uh, going to yeah. fast track the transformation to Galvatron just so that they don't have to have the awkward of two Megatrons? All the Megatrons. Let's do a Megatron movie next. I would watch that. On the note of Megatron, oh my god, I can't believe we didn't address it. Starscream betrays Megatron and oh, tries yes. to take over. Big deal. We have the original Starscream and Megatron Punches him into the ground. Yeah, his little insurrection was quelled quite quickly. He he owned the Decepticons for like, what, five minutes? But you know what? They were all very willing to follow him. Megatron! I was just keeping the chair warm for you! I swear! So, Corey, something that you loved from Earthrise, the, sh the show. Hmm, I feel like I need to try and think of something that I haven't mentioned already. I would have to say that my favorite moment was when the Autobots were getting ready to blow up the ship trapped in the space bridge. And you get this line of 
I'm ready to just be done with this. Let's hurry up kind of thing. And it's like, oh, you know, whatever. Take your time. You're not the one wearing an explosive backpack made by Wheeljack. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that that was just fun. Totally. No, that was awesome. Absolutely. So something that I loved, uh, Galvatron. I loved the way that Galvatron was handled. I loved his voice. I loved hearing his voice and Megatron's voice and they're back and forth together. I I absolutely loved the way that the characters conducted each other. I absolutely believed that it was a Megatron from an alternate future in the form of Galvatron talking to his past self. It it was beautifully done. I, I would rewatch that scene just over and over again just to hear Galvatron talk. I really enjoyed Galvatron, but a lot of that was definitely on the nostalgia point. I noticed that during his appearance, his summoning sequence, the animation was different, and it was definitely a nod to the movie. Galvatron himself looks a little off. There's not a Galvatron toy, is there? No, there's not. And so this is the other one that I was talking about earlier, where season one we had Bumblebee, who was kind of freestyled, and now we've got Galvatron that's a little freestyled. And I think that Galvatron stands out more as not being a toy than any of the others. I could see that. Not that I'm against it with him being this alternate timeline of Galvatron. That's kind of a cool concept because I I paused on uh, Unicron and with it being a more distant shot, you can't really tell if it looks siege like. And so part of me is trying to justify that they're just a glossed version of the 80s movie the fact that uh megatron and galvatron have the exact same eyes was great one moment that i really loved and it blew my wife's mind is there's a second when soundwave despite his terribly wrong voice really shines as a character they're using the computers on the space station that's halfway through the space bridge and they're like this is some ancient language and we can't understand it. And Soundwave just kind of shoulders them out of the way and just types on the computer like four things. And it's like, ding. (laughs) He got the nod from Megatron, go ahead and show off. And he went for it. And the reason he was so immediately successful was because he did it silently. He didn't talk. His terrible voice didn't run it. Oh, there you go. Oh, hey, hey, perfect writing there. Way to go. So kind of harder to say. What about uh, what about something that that we didn't like? Uh, we already mentioned the shattering, and that's what I have in my notes. Uh, but the shattering is strong with this one. I think I already ranted out all the things I hated. I think the only other one I noticed was not unique to Earthrise, where you have Prime do the silent nod to run up and confront Scorponok by himself, and then Bumblebee says the whole he didn't give an order and they all run up to help him. And so you have this awkward thing where prime runs forward and just starts jumping side to side. And then his team shows up and it's like, no, I told you guys to run. And then they just start shooting. So it's like they ran 10 feet closer. Just keep shooting. They weren't missing. Manufactured tension. (laughs) Right. But you know, a lot of shows do stuff like that, but it's just so many where it's really, did you need to do that? Really? I guess I hated that it ended on a cliffhanger of of Dinobot because I I just want more so bad. I was like, 
no, I want to watch this now. I'm, 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 do- I'm done with that. I want to watch Beast Wars, please. I wish that they would have cut that scene like two seconds sooner. Yeah, before you see the robot eye. Before we see the robot eye, because as soon as we saw the Velociraptor, I got giddy. Uh, Ooh, Dinobot, how cool. That's an awesome reference. And then sure enough, the eye does the weird robot blink. And so I think they should have left it where we saw the Velociraptor just to get people giddy like me. But then start season three kingdom immediately with blink we're left hanging with a lot of things. I, I think the end of a season cliffhanger, that hanging, I I can accept it. Okay, I accept it. But we had a lot of characters that died off screen in this season, and they did that to the Autobots and the Decepticons at the end of Siege when the arc supposedly blew up, but we knew it didn't. But in this season, you know, we had Scorponok maybe blow up off screen, but Megatron was able to get off that ship, so why couldn't Scorponok? We had Skylinks get evaporated into Force Ghost particles. We had Cog blow up on the fortune with no double Cog! Healer, which is just really sad. Cog got roughed up in that. He sees his like role model leader almost execute somebody then he gets sucked out into space and then he takes over a ship like a badass hero and then he gets alien stabbed in the gut and then he tries to tell his friends hey hey i have the ship i'm good i'm good i'm good i have the ship stop shooting me and then he blows up so yeah cog's a badass my man cog got wrecked (laughs) almost as bad as the red cog that got red shirt (laughs) obliterated by scorponok Yeah, there's definitely some Star Trek love going on, and I drive with it. I think it works with Transformers. It absolutely does, because they can be painted red. So, uh, I might spoil something about Kingdom. Uh, what do you, What do you think about that? Is it because of the toy line? Yes. I would say as long as you declare this is a Kingdom theory based on toys. So, uh... uh... Mild spoiler here, you might want to jam your thumbs in your ears and go blah, 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 blah if you don't want to hear it. But in the Kingdom toy line, in some promo material, they they hinted to us that there is going to be a new Titan, a new giant Transformer. And they showed us a battlefield where you can see, like, G1 characters fighting with Beast Wars characters. And in the background is this giant Titan. And he is definitely the arc so i'm very curious if in the kingdom show it's going to be revealed that the arc is a transformer or if that's just for the toy line i could see it being just for the toy line for the sake of how could we sell the arc it looks really boring but i gotta say i'm a little bummed on that one spoiler for another show did you watch the voltron netflix show no, no, I didn't. I, I mean, I enjoyed it. I watched parts of it, but I didn't, like, absorb it all. Well, they pulled that. The big spaceship that they build to be their, you know, main base arc equivalent is a Transformer. Sweet. And so it's like, come on, Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> all of your shows are Transformers now. <laughs> Voltron's basically Transformers. It makes me wonder, then, if the arc is a giant Transformer? Is the Nemesis also a giant Transformer? Or is that going to be the 
they make it a giant transformer. You know, we had oh, maybe. The, we had the Solus staff, so she made the Enigma of combination. So are we gonna all of a sudden start getting weird stuff like combiners and the ability to create titans out of our spaceships because of ancient prime powers? That'd be cool. I'd be alright with that. Combiner wars never ended. Let's do it again! But this time it's going to be an ambulance connected to a rhino connected to a... <laughs> You ever seen Ace Ventura 2? It's like that. Wow. <laughs> and that's all, folks. Thank you for spending your time listening to us continue to rant about Transformers. So you can follow Board Nerdy at Board and Nerdy on Instagram. You can also email us at boardnnerdy at gmail.com You can find us on YouTube at boardnnerdy Bet you're seeing a pattern here. We would love it if you'd drop by any of those outlets and leave a like, a follow, leave a comment, email us a comment. We'd love to hear what we're doing terrible or what we're doing well. Actually, don't tell us what we're doing terrible. I'll just delete it. Uh, next time on Board of Nerdy, we're going to do Mandalorian Season 2, and I haven't even cleared this with Chris yet, <laughs> but we're doing it. Oh, yeah, I was planning that we were going to do that. Oh, I, I know think, you were I planning think... that we were going to do it. We even talked about it kind of in the beginning, but it was never official, and so I really wanted to just declare it in the episode. I think it was always official. It was always official in our hearts. You can't talk about one Season 2 without another Season 2. I agree. So now all we need is a Raised by Wolf season two, and uh, we can have a trilogy of sorts. Of sorts. It's a weird trilogy. <laughs> we hope you're a little less bored and a little more nerdy. <laughs>